I focus on identifying megatrends in the market, bringing those back in, understanding how they relate to our business, and then creating a narrative with our teams to adjust or adhere our strategy. I'm your host, Dave Knox, and this is Predicting the Turn, a show that helps business leaders meet their industry's inevitable disruption head on. Welcome to another episode of Predicting the Turn. Today, I'm actually at Allegiant's corporate headquarters with a really fascinating conversation with Rob Martins. Rob, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on the podcast. It's wonderful. Hey, it's a pleasure to have you. So I want to dive in and start right with your role uh, that you have here on Allegiant because you wear two different hats, but they're related hats. So you're the futurist, but you're also leading the venture org. So tell me, what does that mean and what's that role really entail? Sure. So the futurist role at Allegiant is pretty dynamic, but if you were to boil it down to the basics, I focus on identifying megatrends in the market, bringing those back in, understanding how they relate to our business, and then creating a narrative with our teams to adjust or adhere our strategy. I love that. So you know, the vision of Allegiant is seamless access and a safer world. It's a company whose heritage is in mechanical hardware, but the company is really striving to for being that piece of a broader vision kind of across the game. So with a company that has as rich of a history, what's that right mixture of embracing the past, but also looking forward to the future? Well, what we always talk about, because when you think about a legion, you're typically thinking about safety and security, is what's the optimal blend between convenience and security? Yep. So in other words, we could create a solution for you in any variety of environments, your home, your work, a uh, place where you like to play, and we could lock those down to something that is so tight that it's actually super secure, but really inconvenient to get into. Or you can go to the polar opposite extreme where, hey, we know that you're there, but there really isn't a lot of security. So when you think about a legion and how we think about ourselves as a digitally transforming business, we're really more focused on what's the optimal blend for you, for that consumer? What's the user experience blending in you know, all the new technology that we have today with some of the legacy technology, which we're very fortunate to have, which in most cases are mechanical uh, locks, door closers, exit devices, and the like. I love that. So in your role as futurist for the company, you spend a good amount of time looking at where the world is headed as a whole. Are there specific megatrends that you see as most specific and most impactful to both the business and the legion as a whole? Absolutely. And I'm big on, I'm not fascinated by technology for technology's sake. I'm big on how do you implement the technology and how does it play within the real world? So for me, a couple of the megatrends that I'm very focused on is this continuing fixation and development on the edge with edge computing. And I think as executive teams and innovators become more familiar with what the edge really is, that it's not something where everything happens locally and the cloud is separated. It's actually a really beneficial merger between the two and that we're just providing more and more of the functionality uh, closer to the end user so that they have a better experience. For Allegiant, the Edge is particularly exciting because when you think about our products, you typically think about them being around the door, around that door frame. And so our unique geography, if you will, almost every door has a handle on it or a lock or a door closer or something like that. So I get a tremendous number of inquiries about companies that may make, for example, sensor technology or other things asking, hey, based on that unique geography, 
could we partner with you and perhaps blend in our technology where you are so we can provide a better experience? So the edge would be one big one. And you could stretch that out to say things like 5G and you know, other technologies. Of course, the other ones that we've been talking about uh, quite a bit, I think in my first time that I identified them in the, in the mix was 2015, 2016 timeframes, augmented reality, virtual reality, AI and machine learning. All of these things continue to propagate you know, more and more deeply, but the ones that are most successful are the ones that are delivering on their promise, which is they're having a positive impact on that user experience. If I can, for example, hold my you know, camera phone up to one of our products, a lock, and identify without touching the keypad or doing other things, hey, who has access to this door or who doesn't, that's an advantage. And if that's a better experience for you as someone who has you know, always got your mobile phone on you, great. If not, we have traditional ways to do that as well for people who maybe aren't as comfortable with something like that. So switching gears to the other hat that you wear, you launched Allegiant Ventures in March 2018. What I find really interesting about that is that you've said the fund is a balance between returns, but also about discovery and connecting your employees with great entrepreneurs. Can you expand upon that? We really wanted to do something inclusive. And that didn't just mean at the company level, but it meant for the community that we work with. So we were really paranoid at first. When you talk about corporate venture funds, there's a lot of negative connotations out there, frankly, about bureaucracy, very slow to work with, uncaring in all of these pieces. And when we looked at the fund, the purpose, the primary purpose of our fund is focused on discovery. We want to understand emerging technologies and adjacencies, not because we necessarily want to own them, but because Allegiant is in a unique position in that we always participate in larger ecosystems. So our ability to understand, work with, and predict what these next generation technologies are going to require in order to interface with us is particularly important. So what we've learned in the launch of our uh, venture fund, which we launched back in March of 2018, was... If we can face off our top talent and have conversations about real challenges that the entrepreneurs are having, rather than discussions about their balance sheet and things like that to start with, we're going to learn a lot about it. And in response, they are as well. And considering the fact that you know 99% of these folks we talk to, we don't ultimately invest in, we want to leave them with a great feeling about their time that they've spent with us, whether that's one phone call or ultimately we wound up investing in them. So when you have a conversation with Legion, you're going to talk to a principal and that principal could be our head of cybersecurity. It could be a tax expert. It could be the futurist, but you're going to talk to a business person not a business development person. Not that there's anything wrong with our business development people, but when you look at the burn rate for an entrepreneur, getting them to the right people at the time that they need it is very important. And we find those interactions between an entrepreneur and our staff to be incredibly rewarding and enriching. I want you to touch upon that a little bit more because that structure that you've done for the ventures, I think is really unique compared to a lot of those out there. So can you talk about how you've structured and why the principles, how many you have, how many are double-hatted, if you will, because it seems like everybody has two or three titles. Sure, sure. We, we jokingly call it, it's like we have our day jobs, which we all love, so we don't want to leave our day jobs. And then we have, we're like a garage band, right? So you have your, your day job and then you have your, your, your fun thing. We initially, when we started our venture group, said 
how are we going to deal with these timelines, these kind of egregious timelines? Because for us, for example, if we were going to put uh, do some financial due diligence on a company that we were interested in working with, the same team that we use for a large M&A transaction is the same team that we would have talked to the entrepreneur. And that felt really heavy. Yep. Same thing with legal, same thing with all these pieces. So we went very early on in search of someone that could provide us venture as a service. And what venture as a service really means to us is the ability to empower the people that participate in your fund to do what they do well. Um, so I'm not a VC. I'm a futurist. I just so happen to be responsible for a VC fund. And so we found a unique partner named Touchdown Ventures that provides us with support for things like financial due diligence, early pipeline discovery, and some of these other pieces. And then the structure that we have is our ventures group is actually made of four individuals. Uh, they're all senior individuals within the company. There's myself, I'm the futurist, I'm also responsible for the fund. We have a chief marketing officer who is also uh, responsible for our corporate communications. We have a digital officer who is also a principal. And then again, an IP attorney who also happens to be our chief cybersecurity counsel. We all offer unique perspectives. And then we're really good at identifying people in our business that might be able to answer a specific question. So a typical interaction that I would have with an entrepreneur to start with would be, what can we assist you with? Besides capital, we believe fundamentally the, the world is awash with capital, assuming you have a decent business plan and things like that. But be specific with us about what is it that we're going to talk about with you or collaborate with you that's going to be beneficial. And it's been fascinating because typically you would think, well, maybe channel oriented, help me get into a big box retailer or, you know, talk to me about, you know, adding security in these things. Well, we get some interesting questions, things about tax or things about lean manufacturing or supply chain management or these other things that have been just incredibly enriching conversations for our teams to have. So whether we invest or not, we found great benefit. Um, and we've been fortunate and have been able to make some great investments of late too. So can you talk about those investments? Which sure. ones have you made as of late? Sure. So our first investment that we made was in a company called Pindrop, which is a voice authentication company. And most people, when they think about smart home and, and other things, there's a little bit of frustration with that user interface. And the one that I usually focus on because I'm a lock you know, provider is when you say, hey, you know, Madam A or, or Google Assistant, open my door. The voice assistant will say, certainly, tell me your PIN code. And that kind of kills it for me. I don't know about for your listening audience, but for me, I'm like, okay, that's not a great experience. How can we fix that? And we started to think around, you know, what, what other tools could get us to the point where it's a high enough percentage that it knows that it's, you are who you say you are to let you uh, do it without the PIN code? Well, well, it turns out the best voice authentication software available in the world is in contact centers. And it also turns out that, you know, companies like Pindrop can replicate almost any voice, but they're also really great at identifying fraudsters and fakes and other things. And so they could get into that 99 point dot, dot, dot level that we were interested in. So we decided to work together and we have some really interesting proof of concepts going on where we can determine with some real certainty that you are who you say you are and improve that uh, experience. 
others that we're interested in. For example, we just made an investment in a company that is called Robin, uh, Robin Powered, and they're all about office management and office optimization. So if you've ever had the experience, which I think all of us have had, where you are trying to find a conference room that's open and, and you can use, and then you get in there and you realize, you know, it says it's booked, but there's nobody here. What do I do? What about the assets, et cetera? So they do a great job of optimizing all these things in a seamless way, um, making the office smarter. And by the way, when you start to mix that with identity, and access, you have a pretty interesting fusion. And then uh, last but not least, another company called HQO, which is a tenant experience platform. So unlike Robin, which is focused on that optimization piece, HQO allows you to integrate uh, deeply as a tenant with the building owner, with other services and products that may be around. So for example, if we're in an office environment and someone has you know, something as simple as a food truck, or something like that, and they want to drive certain behaviors like, hey, come <laughs> come solicit my food truck, they can in real time provide them with a premium to go down and, and do these things or different types of access. Generally, finding a way in a seamless way to enhance the user experience from the day that we identify who you are and where you are to um, when you leave. Talent is a big part of predicting the turn. And as we talk about talent, I wanted to mention one of our sponsors, Hunt Club. Imagine the power of the best marketers in the world helping you to find your next marketing leader. That's the power of Hunt Club. Hunt Club is a new category of talent company that powers the network of experts, connectors, and business leaders to help you find the best talent. Let's face it, recruiting hasn't changed with the times. Hunt Club is changing the recruiting game by leveraging technology and crowdsource referrals to find you the best people possible for your company. Stop paying job boards that don't work or recruiting firms that recycle the same active candidates. Partner with Hunt Club. So, you know, in addition to venture, we talked before this about the innovation portfolio that's needed in a corporation. And Allegiant's a company that has been built with acquisitions as one of your core things, with 15 deals or acquisitions made since 2014. What role do you see M&A playing alongside things like ventures with investments and then even your own R&D efforts? That's a great question. And I think it's a critical element, but I think you need to be really responsible with how you approach your M&A pipeline versus ventures. So for example, we have some very simple rules with Allegiant Ventures. First of all, we don't ever ask for things like exclusivity or things like that, no egregious terms or strange things that can handicap an entrepreneur from being successful. Go in, be transparent, talk about what it is that you really want to achieve collectively, but do it in a way that isn't you know, gonna gonna layer them down with with bureaucracy. That said, as you can imagine, we have a lot of people that come to us with smart locks or what solutions that I would consider to be quite literal to the fund. We avoid those. And the reason that we do, because a lot of people kind of crane their head, or you know, what what do you mean? Is because I'm convinced that that's not in the best interest of the entrepreneur. If your exit strategy is ultimately 
potentially to sell to somebody like Allegion or one of our competitors, you don't want me on your cap table. Mm -hmm. Let's do the right thing here. Now, we can guide you and we can certainly partner with you and we can do some other things. But when we meet someone that has something more literal like that and we do have a legitimate interest, we will then um, transition that conversation directly over to a more traditional business development person, an M&A or someone like that. In the greater scheme and scope, though, I do think that we're in an incredibly dynamic environment. So for us, I sincerely hope that at some point, you know, for some of these businesses as they evolve and we add value, that we would consider um, uh, even, you know, being a purchaser for, for people that we make investments in over time. But I think you really have to self-segment that at the beginning to make sure you stay focused on what your value proposition is to that entrepreneur. So speaking about that uh, kind of partnership mindset, you guys take that a lot further than just your investments, and you do that with ecosystems, as you kind of mentioned. So that includes making sure residential locks work with voice assistants, and not just one, but as many as you can. So why do you think this is so important to play that role of the partner and remain neutral, if you will, versus picking one of the partners that's going to be exclusive? Sure. I, I think it boils down to what our value system is within our company. And if you know our, you know, our chairman and CEO, Dave Petratus, our values are at the core of what we do. And our, our most core value, I would say, is do the right thing. And what do the right thing means for us is doing the right thing for your consumer. So not to sound cheesy, but we fight for the user. And so when we do that, we do that by trying to give them the most value for their money as we can. And that means trying to avoid doing proprietary things that would lock them in. Think about what we've experienced, Dave, in the, in the world with the Facebooks and the other people where we're having privacy issues and other things are happening. It's not at all uncommon for someone to get frustrated for a variety of reasons. Maybe their information has been shared and they did not want that to happen, et cetera. And they make a fundamental decision that I want to change platforms. Well, we don't believe you should have to change your door lock because you decided to change platforms because, quite frankly, somebody did something to you that they shouldn't have done. So we take that quite seriously. And we're fortunate as well in that the world that we live in, which is a combination of residential locks and solutions for residential places, we also do multifamily dwellings, and we have this huge, large category that we call non-residential, which are higher education, K through 12, institutions, all these other things. The truth is in, in all of those environments, those are ecosystems that we're part of. No one can do everything in those ecosystems. So for us, what we have become experts at are implementing technology in very complex environments where partnership is the key element and understanding how to connect, connect well, while still maintaining the robustness and meeting the expectations of people who view us, rightly so, as a security provider. Because when we talk about security these days, there's no difference between digital and physical. There really isn't. Before, when you would talk about picking a lock, it would be, hey, do you have the toolkit and could you get in there and do it? Well, with an electronic lock, if you can get that code or if you can somehow otherwise disrupt the signal or, or something else, that is an, another form. So we take all of that quite seriously. And the only way that you can be a really solid ecosystem partner is, again, to have plans for all of that and to collaborate uh, within that ecosystem. 
So in your role as the company's futurist, you know, you're really pushing the company to envision where the world is headed. But you can't do that without your fellow executives, your employees, everybody having that same mindset for change, something that I kind of call continuous beta. So how do you drive that kind of mindset across the board? You've talked about your use of sprint weeks and trips and other things, but can you talk a little bit more about that? I think you have to, first and foremost, have some of that individual DNA for wanting to be a learner. And we're very fortunate, and I am extremely fortunate at Allegiant to have a peer group and a boss who are all learners. So we talk about, uh, you know, two years ago, we started a learning journey, which was if we're going to really be part of a digitally transformed Allegiant, what are the foundational elements that we all need to understand and own? So in other words, hey, I can't just depend on you know grabbing Rob and pulling him into a meeting with me to answer these technical questions or to have the debate. I need to understand it deeply enough so I'm invested in doing this. And we're so fortunate to have a, a, a leadership team who were willing to be vulnerable and raise their hands and say, I don't understand these things. How are we going to go out and do that? And so we're very fortunate in that um, we have uh, some unique partnerships with uh, like venture studios like High Alpha. Um, and we've partnered with people like that, for example, to do kind of the traditional tour of Silicon Valley and things that other people have done. But more importantly, take those learnings and then come back and, for example, do our own sprint week where we could figure out how does this really work for us? How do we apply that within our environment with our people? And then taking the time to assess the reaction to that from a change management perspective, because there is a fundamental difference between a startup mentality and a company that's been manufacturing for well over 100 years. So I think that our journey to, you know, to, to your point is ongoing and ever evolving. And we're really excited about what we're seeing from a digitally transformed business standpoint, because it's not just touching the parts that we thought it would. We thought, well, you know, we're going to be a more efficient manufacturer. We're going to put more products out that, you know, people like, well, we'll, we'll do more of these things. What we're finding is as we expand our ecosystem and we disperse the knowledge, the unique knowledge that we have, the types of partnerships we have are incredibly divergent and they teach us more and we expand further. And we provide an even better customer experience than we ever have before. So related to that, you know, many companies unfortunately aren't fortunate enough to have somebody like you sitting with that mindset at the executive level, advising the executives, coaching, guiding. And if they do have a futurist, it might be sitting in corporate strategy, not at that C-suite, if you will. So how do you think about what's unique about how a legion's been chosen to structure it? And what can other companies learn from that? Well, I think there's risk inherent with any change that you're going to go through. And what I would say is, is the Allegiant leadership team, again, primarily started with our, you know, our, our, our chief executive, understands that there's a risk reward scenario here that you're going to have to step off that plank at some point. So you can either embrace it and go for it, or you can wait and be a fast follower. And I think all of us need to take on, you know, the personality that we, you know, want to. But in our case, because we're a security and safety company, we kind of have to be a little bit conservative, but we're in a, um, in a business where 
everyone is conservative. So we have this unique opportunity to be the best of what my boss would call a sorry lot, mm -hmm. uh, whether that's customer experience or whether that you know, is true transformation. And so for us, we started with the basic learnings. Once we got that common baseline amongst ourselves, we began to take real uh, tangible actions as a team as a group. These aren't individuals where, hey, this is the tech team over here and this is the non-technical team over here. Our CFO is highly capable of articulating what edge computing is. Highly capable. You could take any member of our leadership team, regardless of their function, and they're going to be able to tell you the Allegiant digital transformation story. And we've worked hard with corporate communications and other people on how to cascade those messages down within the organization. So from a change management standpoint, it's a little easier for people to digest and they understand this leadership team is completely together in their thought process. Now what we've done that has really accelerated things and I would say is a little bit of nitrous oxide for, for the pieces, we felt comfortable enough with our vision and our understanding of megatrends in the marketplace to say, let's start executing on those. So one way to execute on that is through ventures. And so you see we've got a, you know, a nice-sized venture fund, and we're partnering with other people. And I'll give you a little bit of taste tester for the future is we also have some other uh, interesting new innovation engines that we're going to be talking about here relatively soon as we start to merge all of those creative entities that before, in our case, I like to describe it kind of like a fruit salad. All the pieces really taste good together, but they're not really blended. Mm -hmm. How do we get those together to get the maximum benefit out of those pieces? And so we're starting to understand, even as a 100-plus-year-old manufacturer, how do we put all these pieces together, optimize that, so now we can go from concept through to delivery to that end-user experience faster? And so long-winded way of, of going around to say, you're going to implement this over time. Don't be in a rush you're going to, as an executive, be pressured to say, do something. Well, the right thing to do is to gain alignment, to find peers, to find friends, to find external sources that are going to give you multiple perspectives on how to approach this, because there is no one-size-fits-all for transformation or for innovation, for that matter, as we all know. Well, I think that's an amazing point to end on. So I really appreciate you taking the time. I think Allegion is a great example of predicting the turn. And I can't wait to see where you guys take the company in the years to come. Great. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. If you like the show, hit that rating and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And for more resources, head over to predictingtheturn.com.